I had been busy. War, famine, and pestilence did their grotesque dance, and I followed them, clearing up their mess. No, I don't travel with companions on steeds, and have never had any preference to colour of horses, even though when the deceased sees fit to project me with one, it's inevitably grey. If seeing Chris Wilson was not a surprise, the change to his handsome face was. I saw him clearly in the glow of the emergency exit, and again as he stumbled halfway down the alley before collapsing. His face was covered in makeup. I paused for a moment in the irony that a person such as Chris would die with his face painted this way. In the past I have taken people who believe they are born in the wrong sex. To me, they are very interesting, because the embodiment of their inner voice is a different sex to the body they leave behind. Many times the form they take after they die is the sex they think they should be. This involves more work for me, as I have to explain what has happened and why they look different. In a way, it is gratifying to see someone achieve in their afterlife what was near impossible in life. I heard the break of his nose as his face struck the concrete. My form began to change as the figure of Chris appeared next to his body. He was wearing his school letterman jacket and looked exactly the way he had six months ago. The arrogance he used to have disappeared as he looked down at the blood that was dripping from his body's broken nose. The blood was flowing past the lips that were adorned with deep red colouring. I looked closer at the rest of the body's face and saw that the makeup was painted on with the care and precision a young woman would take. There was even shading across his eyelids and black lines drawn carefully around his eyes. It was beautiful work and not something done in jest. I heard a gasp as Chris looked at me and stepped back. I have to admit... I did not blame him. Not for the first time did I wish I could take a form of my own choosing. Chris was a very confident, loud and brash individual, full of self-assurance and bravado. He was, though, afraid of the dark. As a child, he had hid under his bed with a torch, making sure that none of the shadows could touch him, being certain if they did that they would drag him away. As the world changed from the dirty and wet alley and he looked at me, he saw only a black shadow that got bigger and wider until it swallowed him entirely, and Chris, now totally in the black, began to talk. He talked of regrets, remorse for a future cut short, unfulfilled ambition, and unachieved dreams. He was a skilled athlete and had earned scholarships to many high-ranking colleges. It was odd to me that he put all these thoughts first when his life entered my memory, and he was worried how he would be seen by his friends and family after he was gone. He had been popular, admired enough to set trends and fashions, both socially and physically, but he had also been a bully who labelled people as being dorks, geeks and nerds. He made these lives a hell, he now feared. Then there were the relationships he had with women. Since the day that puberty hit, his father had teased him that he was a ladies' man, and with everything he did, he certainly proved his father, his hero, right. He became greedy and accepted every invitation, whether he was already in a relationship or not. The girl with the black hair was not the first one to be betrayed. In the middle of my shapeless dark, Chris was on his knees, spilling his regrets and his worries, with tears flowing down his face, mucus dripping from his nose. 
I did not deny or condemn him for the last release of the burdens that must have been weighing on him for some time. This is quite common during a soul's journey. I listened to the woes of past deeds flooding out with such vehemence and sincerity, and wonder why people let these regrets fester. I suppose the answer can only be achieved by living, and as I can never do that, I will never know.